everyone. Welcome to December and Christmas and Hanukkah <laughs> and all the other things we have going on this month. So what's going on in December other than Christmas and Hanukkah? You got any yoga stuff going on? I'm actually like dropping down a bit. I think I will be taking some time off around Christmas. The public classes that I teach online tend to go quite small anyway because people get really busy, but you can always book one-to-ones in with me if that's something that's in, you know, you're interested in. And I still like to get questions, you know, so get in touch and message me and ask me questions. And how would someone get in touch with you? They <laughs> can they can message me on social media or use the form on my website, kaylamccormackyoga.com. And there'll be links to that below. Yeah. <laughs> well, not below, yeah, in, the links show, below. in the show comments or whatever, yeah. the show description, whatever it is, there's links to both of our websites and social media so use those yeah and then i was gonna ask you so what what are you doing for christmas this year i have to see all my family members i can fit in in about three days around work awesome are you busy around christmas time is this a busier time for you or people usually think it's a busier time but i think it's as busy as any other time of year really it's just sometimes the shows are harder because People are out on office Christmas parties and they're hammered. Although New Year's Eve, I tell you, New Year's Eve is a great day of the year to gig. Oh. I recommend if you're looking for a night out in that horrible period of time between Christmas and New Year where nothing's open or where stuff's open but people aren't working and they're fed up because they've just been sitting at home for ages. That is a good (laughs) time of year to do comedy and to go to a comedy night because the goodwill is there. And where will you be then on on New Year's Eve? I'm going to be in Nottingham. Uh, just the tonic. Don't think I have anything between Christmas and New Year, but I am in plenty of other places, mainly in the northwest, although not exclusively. So in December, I am in uh, Leeds, Worcester, Eastbourne, so that's uh, completely um, out of the way. Bicester, Paddingham, <laughs> Bishop Stortford, Goldburn in the northwest, that's two nights, two Christmas shows, Congleton, Leeds, and Nottingham. There may be other things that have come in since we recorded this. I keep the live page updated on my website, so you can always check that and see if things have been moved or added. I should again say I'm not the only comic on any of these bills. There'll be other comics there, but they're usually all right. They usually know what they're doing, so it's usually good. It's, it's usually good to go to comedy, so go to comedy. Yeah, go to comedy. like a full so. fun evening, not just you for three hours by yourself. Yeah, which is fine because some people don't like me. It's a minority, but sometimes I'm not their But do you think act. our listeners like you? I don't know. Maybe they just put up with me because your advice is so good. <laughs> like maybe I'm an inconvenience, but... Or vice or versa. Or could be the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> it yep. could be, yeah. <laughs> so happy Christmas. Have a great Hanukkah as well. And any other holidays that I've missed that are going on this month? Is there any pagan festival we've missed off or something? something? Well, there's the winter solstice. That's yeah. a, that Was that Yule? Yeah, to any uh, druids that are listening. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, enjoy the show. So, okay, so here's, here's an attempt at a joke. So, when I was young, my grandmother hired me an Aerosmith for my birthday, right? So, so you, so in response to that, you'd say, "Don't you mean Aerosmith?" Right? No, because I don't know what either of those words no. are. <laughs> no, you know the band Aerosmith. Yeah. So, th- how this would work would be, I would say, I would say, so my gran, when I was a kid, hired me an Aerosmith for my birthday. Don't you mean Aerosmith? No, 
that's what I wanted, but she thought it was an Aerosmith, and so she just hired me this bloke that I had to watch carve bubbles into a bar of chocolate. Because <laughs> he's an Aerosmith, because he okay, carves arrows with his, yeah? Mm-hmm. Is that any good? No. <laughs> no. All right. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so I have a question for you. Uh, if I were to just say energy, what comes to mind? Like, what what do you what do you think I'm talking about? Oh, it means lots of things, doesn't it? Energy. So I don't know. That's just very difficult. That's a very difficult word to actually. Don't you think? Yeah, I know. I'm just wanting you to say something. So it's, I don't know. <laughs> is it movement, sort of, but. You know, but but I, it, that could be in a um, more philosophical way than just like a body moving. Oh, are you thinking about like uh, kinetic energy in terms of work? So sort like, of, yeah. But then there's potential energy yeah. and stuff like that, and then mm-hmm. and then someone has more energy than. But, but that sort of means vigor, doesn't it? So that's used in a as an adjective. Yeah, as in like uh, being alert or sleepy, or is that what you mean? Yeah, like throwing okay. yourself into something. People say that person's got a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're like. Mm-hmm working in a mine and you're just like hack 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 <laughs> i feel like whenever you ask me a question it feels like you're trying to trip me up and get me to say no like, like i'm just trying to get you to say something that isn't what i would say and uh, okay. your first answer about movement is not anything i would ever have said i could have been talking to you about energy for about 15 minutes and i wouldn't have said it so yeah that's kind of like your your physics uh, definition of, of, of one form of energy um yeah but yeah i'm supposed to be somewhat spiritual as well well I mean like you might ask someone who's like I don't know uh, maybe they had a new baby and they're really tired and the first thing they say energy they say oh the first thing they say might say like oh I have none of it right you know the first thing they might think is like how they actually feel you know what I mean so I was just wondering what was what was what your thought process was and stuff so you've gone straight for the like physics definition only because I thought that was a better definition there's no right answer I'm not a textbook No, again, I should stop approaching every question being like some someone trying to trip me up. But what I mean, I found it hard <laughs> to tangibly explain like what else comes to mind when I think of energy without it sounding like I can't. If if we like, for example, if you sort of said, "Oh, we all have an energy," I wouldn't know how to explain what that meant. Right. So I, I think what you've said there, like we have an energy. I think that that is more like. Um, how you feel emotionally maybe or or your mental state you could say that that is reflected in your energy that you put out would you say that is what you mean well maybe but now i'm sort of thinking about food because <laughs> that, that's fuel isn't it yeah but that's a different that's different so like when <laughs> when you when we I mean, every, I'm sure almost everyone has is going to have experienced that point where you've you've been somewhere or you've done something, and someone walks into the room, and there's just like an instant. Well, like Bill Clinton tension. or something. No tension. Oh, sorry. Like like you feel almost afraid, but not physically afraid. Not like oh my god, I'm scared. Not like that. But just like oh, this person, they're always a pain. They're really argumentative. They make me tense. And everyone can feel it all equally. And you, they say, what, you can cut the tension in the, in the room with a knife, you know? So I would say, like, that that is a form of energy. That person, what you could potentially say, has, like, this kind of negative energy. It makes everyone feel a little bit bad. 
And the same, you could say the same as the opposite. I mean, you know, when someone that's always really positive and really upbeat and really nice and it's genuine, you can tell when it's fake, so it has to be genuine, yeah. <laughs> uh, comes into a room and it's always like, oh, I feel a little bit more chill now because, you know, that person was really nice and they're good to talk to. And, you know, oh, it's a bit, you know, they've got a, they got a good energy. I'm trying to start to think about what people are like when I go into a room now. <laughs> Well, I mean, those are two. You don't mean extremes, charisma. Charisma so. is a, there's a fine line between positive energy and charisma, though, isn't there? Because I just said I wouldn't say charisma. I said Bill Clinton, sort of like, because they say that when he enters a room, everyone's like very drawn to him because he's extremely charismatic and stuff. Like Tony Blair kind of had it mm. as well. But I don't remember someone saying that Bill Clinton's the only person that could sort of usurp Tony Blair in a situation where you'd enter the room and everyone was suddenly drawn to this guy because he was just so. But whether he's actually genuinely warm or kind of like weirdly psychopathic and the, I don't know because I'm wondering whether like can you really see it's genuine in those situations or not? In a, in a way, even when you're pretending, uh, it's somewhat true because you have to embody that. So like the, what makes a really good actor a really good actor is the fact that they can embody what they're trying to get across. You can feel it. It's not just a case of like, oh, I'm saying lines and I'm trying to be angry, so I'm doing an angry face. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can feel it everywhere. <laughs> and I think so in that way, like you might feel like you're pretending uh, to be charismatic, but it doesn't matter because if your your whole heart is in, in it, then you are. But what I was kind of thinking was like, so, you, so like you're saying about people who are, you know, particularly charismatic or particularly have good, that good energy or that bad energy. But I suppose what I'm kind of thinking is you can also like, have that energy in your life so like whatever you keep telling yourself or embodying or doing over and over again is what you know is kind of like what you're going to get that's what you're getting because basically what you do is you planting the seeds in your life and then you're going to get that back does that make sense so if you're constantly negative and constantly negative then that's what you're going to get back in your life you're going to get constant negativity coming back at you yeah, you know. I think there's probably something to that, yeah. Or, car- or karma. Yeah, always <laughs> perception because, uh. you know, you can always reframe things, can't you? If you're positive, you reframe things as being positive. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's probably the main basis for it is that if you're constantly looking for the negative because you are negative, then you'll see it more when things don't go quite 100%. But if you're always on the positive, then you'll notice the positive things that are going well, not necessarily just the negative. But like... On the side of like maybe karma or something like that, I think people don't really like that term because they automatically think it only applies to like multiple lifetimes. But I've always thought like karma is a really good explanation of like now, right now, you know, you could apply it to what's happening right now. If you if you're really mean and negative to someone and then I don't know, just like a, a silly example, say say you go to the shop and it was a bit the, t- the person behind the till or someone nearby or something, you know, another another customer would be in a bit of a annoyance and you kind of let let go a little bit and voiced your opinion and stuff and got a bit confrontational and maybe you're a bit stressed because you're on your way to an interview or something and then you get to the interview and that's the dude in the interview you'd be like oh bugger <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of like the idea of karma is that if you constantly put out negative there's more chance that it's going to come back to you but not necessarily in like a it's just more chance isn't it there's a chance that person could be someone that's really that you really need to yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or show that you're a genuinely good person later and then they're like what you just shouted at me at the grocery store even though that might be the only time you've ever shouted at anyone at a grocery store in the last three years it doesn't matter if they've seen it it's going to come back so that's just good know? politics not good karma that's just like it's just, that's just wisdom <laughs> that 
<laughs> yeah, but you can apply that for everything. I just, I would just sort of think that you know, not that butterfly effect or something. I would just is that sort mm-hmm. of. But like if you started, if you were just a prick to somebody in the shop, it's going to affect their mood and then how they affect someone else and then so on and so forth potentially. Isn't and it? potentially that could come back around. It to could you do. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, definitely. There's a study I read about once where I don't know if it's really related, but they did some some sort of measuring of empathy or something. Mm. But they changed the the way that in doing the experiment, but when you were when you were in the corridor, half the people someone deliberately walked into them and called them a prick before they went into the. Oh right! And it completely changed the results of whatever this study was, which I've forgotten, and so I'm badly briefed. But you know, one little tiny interaction completely changed the outcome of whatever study this is. I can't remember. And so replicate that in actual life. What does that affect? You know, it affects your chances of messing up an interview because even if it's not the same person, mm. you're potentially in a worse mood because of it. And then on top of that, I mean, that's just talking about like I would say that the the majority of people. I mean, sure, there's there are people that aren't aware, but like I would say the majority of people aren't going around trying to be buttholes. You know, they're not like oh. I, gotta be really careful or i might snap at any moment and shout at someone i think the majority of people aren't really struggling with that i'm not saying that there aren't people that struggle but that same theory applies to every every feeling so like if you feel overwhelmed and chaotic and slightly burnt out and you're constantly saying that to yourself and you're constantly putting it out there and you're constantly like ah oh, it's so chaotic oh my life oh the bus is never on time ah oh, you know things like this then then again you're getting that back you know, so it, so it's not just like really obvious ones like anger and stuff. It's also the kind of more subtle emotions, if you want to call them that, you know. If you're stressed about like the bus not turning up and stuff, you're only stressed about that one thing in your life that's not going well and not about, you know, whatever your living situation that might be good at that situation is. You've just like, or you, or that you're relatively comfortable otherwise and such. Like you don't, um, mm. where was I going with that? <laughs> and, uh, I just don't expect everything to be good, maybe. So that's maybe that's um, <laughs> like yeah. But, but you, but you, would you not say you're a pretty neutral person? You say you like you're just looking for contentment, not happiness, and not joy, and things like that. Yeah, yeah. So then, when you say that, that's what you're getting, then because that's all you're looking for. I mean, it is important if the you, the bus is late and you miss it. I mean, it's not like I'm not stressed. Yeah, but I mean the positive side. So what you put out on a positive side is also going to come back to you. So if you're always neutral and you're never joyful, excited, and happy, you're never going to get joy and excitement and happiness. Yeah, you're telling life. me I'm not joyful. <laughs> No, I'm asking. I'm asking. I am, but I think all in moderation, you know. <laughs> so, um, no, I know what I was going to say now. I was going to say that there's a probably an evolutionary reason why you would fixate on the things that... It's, I think it's easier to fixate on what things need to be done that are going wrong than it is to bask in the already good things that you have in your life. Not that you take them for granted yeah. necessarily, but maybe it's like primitive man would be more worried about threats and things that needed sorting like you know if the shelter wasn't right it would be important that the shelter was sorted out yeah so you they will fixate on the things that need to be done for survival and so that uh, they don't think oh i've got a lovely cave woman at home or (laughs) or a pet dinosaur (laughs) or whatever i know that doesn't work evolutionary not in them in the in the time frame i know the the flintstones was not chronologically accurate i know that (laughs) damn it (laughs) (laughs) so it's just natural i think to be looking for the wrong things probably now yeah absolutely the brain is working to try to keep you safe 
So it's a natural thing to feel like that, even though someone could just turn around and slap you in the face and say, listen, look what, this is going well, and you should, not, you know, just because the bus is late or accept it. You know. I'm not, not that I'm going down hitting people, but do you, do you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, Yeah, but if you wake up tired and you say to yourself, oh, I didn't sleep very well, I'm tired, and then all day you say to yourself, I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired, it's going to have the more bad effect than if you say to yourself all day, I'm alright, I'm just not, you know, I'm not top of my game, but I'm fine. Being tired is not a good thing though, because you, I think your guard is slightly down to everything's worse when you're tired, even if it's not because you're saying yeah. that you're tired, you just are. Well, how about another one? How about like, well, I can't do everything. That's a really common one. I can't do everything. You know, like when you're trying to get the dishes done, plus you've got to go do something else, plus you've got to nip out of the house and you go, oh, I can't do everything. That's like more of like an overwhelmed kind of emotion or, or energy. I'm not saying that people don't get busy and we don't have days where we think, Jesus Christ, <laughs> you know, but I do think sometimes we have to be careful not to fall into those ruts. If you keep saying it to yourself, you're going to believe it, so... I think it's just getting your excuses in early, so you, when you get nothing done, you've got you've already been saying it all day, haven't you? <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> work for work's sake is what is what, you know, they call it, and that's like, oh God, the destruction of the human race is work for work's sake. Like, so much wasted time and energy and everything just goes into the fact that I have to be in this building from 9 to 5 or longer. And that is all. And if I just look busy and make sure I do what's expected, which is usually not very much, then I'm good. Yeah, it gives people purpose yeah. in life, doesn't it, work? So. Well, it's the wrong purpose. <laughs> That's not... doesn't... It doesn't really, does it? Yeah, no, I'm not... Like, it's not of... the same type of... <laughs> Not the same type of work as maybe it was. I just feel like it's a it's a, a process that potentially had merit before computers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I sort of was like kind of think like I meant, meant that. Yeah, because if you had an, uh, a job where, I don't know, bring miners back, but that's a tangible result to your day's work, isn't it? Yeah. I think working on a computer, it just feels like you know things just go into the void a little bit more and nothing ever really ends mm. and stuff there's always a problem or an email you can reply to or whatever yeah but the actual like uh here's physically what you've achieved for you know especially if you do if you're a painter and you finally get a painting out or something that's like an actual mm. a result a tangible result is you know, oh, i love tangible results yeah. i don't know if that's good about writing a joke that when you've got that working that's like that's very satisfying because that's like bit of mining yeah that's that's my form of mining get the old uh, diamond out of the coal so i think yeah that's that's probably what you're probably right there but the computers are bad for that i know i just think like the first step to kind of i know what's the phrase is like living your best life and feeling feeling good and feeling really balanced with with how things are you know how much time you spend on your career versus how much time you spend with family versus how much time you spend having fun they're not 50 50 splits Mm. you know you have to decide what's important to you based on what's going on in your life right now you know someone who's straight out of uni might think career 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 that's what's important to me right now we need and so they don't necessarily have a lot of time for other things but then 20 years down the line then maybe they focus on other things so balance between what's going on in your life is always changing isn't it's not going to be the same for everyone you know for or for anyone but the first step is noticing if there's an imbalance and then that way you can kind of take that action and the best way to do that is to just see just to notice like you're saying just that energy how does it how do you feel how alert are you? What are you telling yourself? How's the energy in the room when you go to work? Just everything. Just noticing it. Was there an analogy somewhere with food? 
like because because you know like you can eat foods with slower release energy that rather than I don't know, is there an analogy there, maybe? The universe is very cyclical. So even though you might not think like, even though we might not say that the universe is expanding or contracting or whatever, we're not going to necessarily know that kind of answers right away. Uh, We do know that like everything is energy on a physical level. So every piece of matter is just energy made into matter. So on every movement that we do is energy. So that's your kinetic energy in your body. And, And the way we keep our body warm, that is also a form of kinetic energy. So the way, because we're warm-blooded, we're not uh, lizard people. Not the royal family. <laughs> Apparently. <Yeah. laughs> According to the conspiracy theorists. Yeah. No, um, <laughs> we just started one ourselves then. Uh, <laughs> we haven't started that, believe me. <laughs> but... <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Okay, so obviously we've got this like actual energy and energy and matter. So what happens when we eat is we, you know, say say it's a plant. Let's go for plant. We grab the plant, we we chew it, we swallow it, we eat it, and then our body takes that physical form and literally turns it into pure energy. It turns it into kinetic energy, and then we use it. We use it to move. We use it to stay warm, and that energy keeps us going. And then the plant that we ate use the energy from the sun and a bit of soil (laughs) to create itself to actually be made if it didn't have it it would never have made itself in the first place and then once we eat obviously we know not everything stays inside of us and then it goes back and the cycle starts again i just think that's really interesting it goes back into energy as well so like you eat it it's heat you put it out it's like that thing about what you're sort of talking about when people say that we're actually because we are sort of technically star dust aren't we you could say you could that, say that yeah. so you know. all heavy metals come from stars but we're all just like uh i'm not because you study this so i'm going to say something really moronic probably but no it's okay all of the, i'm waiting mm, <laughs> <laughs> all the matter and stuff that like came into you know being in the big bang and the stars that then like formed the first atoms of stuff and whatever we're all just comprised of that aren't we yeah, because yeah. we're carbon-based yeah, yeah. sort of thing, so we're all, we're all just like... Everything. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're a carbon or not. Oh, Everything. Yeah. Some people find some sort of comfort in that. I don't really. I sort of find it terrifying, but... <laughs> <laughs> terrifying? Why? No, I just saw Rob, Robin Ince do a, the comedian Robin Ince. You know, you know Brian Cox does the Infinite Monkey Cage with, with Robin Ince? Uh, no, I know Brian Cox. I don't know Infinite Monkey Cage. Oh, well, it's a BBC Radio 4 comedy show, which I don't actually listen to, uh, really, but they do it together, and it's kind of about science. And they, okay. They get quite excited Good. about science, and they do... I know Robin Ince has done, like, a Christmas show called, like, Secular Carols for Godless People or something like that. I quite like him, really. He's got lots of enthusiasm about what he says. He's obviously smart and such. But I remember seeing one yeah. of his shows and kind of the ending was about how it's a really comforting, nice thought to think that, you know, we you know, we derive from stars and then when we die, we go into in, into ashes and the same yeah. thing. And, we're, and I just sort of kind of, I don't know, it just kind of made me not really feel very um i don't know i didn't I, I didn't feel as positive about it but i guess it's it's a nice poetic sort of cycle if you want to think of it like that but i would feel mugged off because you know i'd rather go to heaven <laughs> so <laughs> well there's no reason why both couldn't happen i suppose is there but yeah i mean but there is no you if you think about the universe like that yeah like when you die there is no it's like knowing that the life you have now is your finite life that that well it's the only one comprised of me i suppose isn't it because parts of me used to be you know, one part of me might have used to have been a sunflower and one part of me is like 
it used to be a bit that got thrown out of a volcano five hundred thousand years ago and stuff you know and it's all is that we're talking crap there or what no i mean to some extent you could say that but some people think that's cool but it's not like i've got the attributes of sunflowers and volcanoes in me so it's not like a, it's not like i'm four is it? <laughs> that would be better <laughs> like, <laughs> part of me is penguin or something so i can swim better it's not is it just one atom it's like, it might not even be that much i suppose it but is yeah. quite if you want to think about that it is quite not miraculous but it is quite fascinating to think of it like that i suppose but i don't mm. find any comfort in it it doesn't make me feel like oh i'm just part of this cycle of you know energy and atoms and my time goes and it becomes something else that's completely not me i sort of i don't know i don't feel comforted by that it's interesting i guess and it's a nice it's, it's yeah. kind of poetic but it's not maybe the kind of comfort they're looking for is more like whatever decision you make like eventually things are so cyclical that uh like it's not that it's not going to last but like you know, it's kind of like taking the pressure off you know you know like if if you were to think about today and you know if something happened today that really bothered you it's like yeah but sometimes you have to ask you you know remember that in five years you know, is it actually something that's life-changing? Is it actually something that's going to change more than five years? How about the world? How about other people? And then before you know it, it's like, oh, well, actually, it was nothing. <laughs> when you think about it, to you know, really big. Even I'm not saying that it wasn't actually something worth, you know, that it wasn't something important to you or bothersome or whatever, but I just mean, like, to some extent, maybe that's the kind of comfort that you feel is like, well, the big picture if my post on Instagram doesn't work or looks stupid or I make a fool of myself, what's the big deal? There is no big deal. There is no, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Maybe that's the kind of the kind of comfort in it you could find. Yeah, maybe. The impermanence of stuff and what and what really matters, I suppose. The perspective, perhaps. Yeah, perspective. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on crystals? Um, Do you have any? I, I, would just, I, I just would have assumed <laughs> that it was kind of junk but I don't know for sure. I, I've been to, I did a gig in, not at the festival, I've been to Glastonbury before mm. and they have, I think they have quite a lot of crystal type shops and stuff there. I remember a guy telling me that he felt that the town had a sort of negative energy as a result of all the sort of witchcraft and stuff that goes on there. Oh. To me, it just felt like a lot of middle class people that made too much money early on and have had midlife crises and have moved out to <laughs> get into... Um, get into crystal healing and uh, I Ching and stuff. <laughs> well, what are you? What are you? You're going to tell me there's some um, like because it seems a bit yo, a bit, a bit um, chakra-y, you know? Yeah. So do tell. Yeah. So um, right, well, we can talk about that too. I think, but uh, crystals. I think the basis behind crystals is that like they have a sort of energy that you can kind of use to like help yourself for whatever it is you need. So I I would be very hesitant anyone saying take this and put it on your throat and all of a sudden you're going to have like you're going to be able to sing opera. Like I don't think that's that <laughs> <laughs> don't think anyone would say that. I think that's like a little bit too far. But I think um what people tend to say is like oh if you're really stressed, you know, take this stone, have it on you. It'll help keep your stress levels down. And like oh if you know you're going to go, you know, talk to someone who's really really triggers you or really makes you angry or you know makes you feel stressed you can have you know this stone which kind of puts off you know tries to get rid of negative energy or something like that but like obviously the majority of people would say like in terms of like physically 
what is coming off of the the stones well they're not decaying so there isn't really usually anything coming off of them on like a physical energy level like a physics side but that's not to say that certain things don't do something so we know that granite like you have on your worktop granite produces radon which is a type of uh, gas it's not harmful at that level but uh, but it is like uh, smash the kitchen up get rid of it <laughs> uh, well I mean it, it comes back to our detox discussions but um, on a level of how much do you have in your life before it all starts to pile up but yeah they do produce a toxic gas called radon and um, at that level it's usually okay but basically granite just turns into quartz so once the radon has had its time and it goes and the radon's all gone then what you have left is is your quartz i think there's a little bit more chemistry going on there as well but like basically granite and quartz are the same thing at different stages in their life so it's not too far of a reach to think that perhaps some other stones also could potentially put off energy like do something on a on a chemical level but i would say that the majority of them probably aren't doing that but there's been loads of research and you you'll you'll probably agree with that this is you know you'll have heard this kind of thing but if you believe something is going to help, it will help. A placebo effect, sort mm-hmm. of, yeah. And and it's it's really tangible in other areas as well. So obviously the placebo effect is one that we know. Take this pill, you'll feel great. And then you're like, oh, I feel great. But also there's other areas like if someone says, oh, this is yoga for back pain and your back is going to feel amazing if you do it you're more likely to feel great after yoga because you've been thinking about it. But physically, you might actually be changing what you're doing because you're thinking it's going to help with your back. So when they say things in the class like, oh, you know, squeeze your stomach muscles and you really want to, you know, engage your stomach muscles to protect your back, you might really be focusing in on that because that is something that you were trying to help. So more focus might be what's helping as well. So not just like, believing it not just the placebo effect but also the effect that your mind is on it constantly so if you could put that into the idea of stones and crystals you know a stone or a crystal that you're saying like right i'm trying to you know deflect or reflect all this negative energy that i'm feeling from i don't know my work colleagues because they're all so drama they've got so much drama in their life i'm tired of hearing all their drama i don't know so you put on your crystal necklace and you go to work but in the end that's just a constant reminder that you're not going to get sucked into their drama you're just going to be like, oh, yeah, and then, like, that's it. And you're not going to get pulled in emotionally. So, in a sense, this don't work, I suppose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it depends on, like, I don't know, it just depends on how you how you trigger it. You know, I think a lot of the time you get these scientists that are like, oh, it's a load of tosh because, <laughs> of course, it doesn't put out any energy. What a ridiculous thing to say. Look, I'm measuring it right now. There's nothing there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then I think, like, well, yeah, but, you know, we are not just physical we are our brains our emotions there's loads of hormones going through our body all the time that affect us it's just a big holistic ball of Mm. of of whoever you want to identify as (laughs) so saying that something can or can't help just because there's a physical uh reaction is in a chemical reaction going on or not going on is a bit a bit, a bit low, you know, a bit small. Hmm. <laughs> it expands the mind a bit. <laughs> but that's not to say that, you know, if someone has a serious medical issue, don't throw some stones at them. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure they go see a doctor. You know, there's a balance to all of this, you yeah. know. <laughs> so have you got any stones then? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I have lots of stones. I can't remember where I've put them all, to be honest, because I've tidied up since we started the renovations two years ago and, and now they're hiding in a drawer or a box somewhere which is a bit of a shame but 
<laughs> oh, we could talk about the chakras. You mentioned that. If you want, the yeah, yeah. Centers in the they body. Are, yeah. I mean, I haven't considered you someone that really talks about them particularly. Yeah, I don't. I don't mention them in my yoga classes. I don't talk about chakras or 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 things like that because I think it um, because of how I teach, because of how anatomical I am and how practical I am. I think I attract a certain type of people that like that, you know. Mm. So then, if I all of a sudden swoop out a class full of chakras and people will be like, "Whoa, Kayla, that's not <laughs> like you." Yeah, yeah. I think you've uh, had some religious conversion or something all of a sudden. So. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly. So I tend not to talk about it, but what I tend to do is just eke it in a little bit. So like the idea behind them and stuff like that. So specifically, you could talk about your sacral chakra, which is around your belly button. So that's supposed to be your um, energy chakra around, well, energy, like having enough energy and how you feel and things like that. So, so particularly say for that chakra, that's also in uh, Tai Chi, that's also your your energy center. So it's in the same place, even though they're separate. It's in the same place. So that fire and that energy that like gets you going in the morning and like, yeah, I've got energy today. I'm good to go. I can, you know, take that? on the world. <laughs> people have that. Yeah. Crazy people <laughs> and have that. that. And, <laughs> and we would say in yoga, when you feel balanced, that's, that's how you feel. But on a physical level, the main part of your digestion happens there. So a lot of your actual energy that you get from your food happens in that area of your body. So it's not too weird of a leap Mm. to say that that area of your body when working properly gives you this energy and that is your, you know, and then they've labeled it in in ancient, you know, in 5,000 years ago in India, they called it a chakra, but maybe today we call it your digestive system. You know, I think it's not too much of a leap between the two ideas. And for the most part, you could do that with all of the chakras as you move through. Mm. Uh, so like your heart chakra, which is up by the chest, that's, that's a very similar one. So that's relating to like, you can imagine love and emotions and feelings. And when you feel a really strong emotion, where do you feel it? Well, it's, it's up by your chest. Unless it's nausea, then it's down a little bit. But assuming you're not feeling sick from it. <laughs> it's, you know, it's that strong sensation right in the chest, that hollow, that hole, you know, like when we have grief and things like that, that are really strong. They're there, you feel it through the whole body, right in the center. Again, you know, it's not too much of a leap to, to just call that something and to label mm-hmm. it. And and in yoga, when your chakras are are good, they're, they're said to be like uh, in motion. So they're circular, like a constant vortex no uh no washing machine toilet bowl (laughs) washing machine (laughs) just like a constant circle like when it when they stag they call it stagnating you know it doesn't move and it's not happening and it gets clogged and things aren't working that's when it's not uh flowing very nicely so you can use this as a way to china just as a as just like a, a road map to how to maybe balance things out in your in your body to some extent in your life, because obviously they're related to both your physical body and kind of like your your mind and your emotions. So they're kind of interesting, but I can see why people gear away from them because they do sound a bit foofy. Yeah, I think like the way you introduce them there, though, it's like finding out someone that's a scientist is actually religious after a couple of years. Oh, that's interesting. Do you know what I mean? Like in a, <laughs> not, in a, not that you can't be. Yeah, both, but what course, I'm saying but... is you never have to say it. You yeah, never, yeah, yeah, you never have to use the the label because I've said I've said it from day one. It's in all my classes, and you're going to get it if you come to them. Yeah. <laughs> it's always there. Just because I don't say the word chakra doesn't mean it's not there. It's always there. There's always those focuses. 
you know, when we say we're holding anxiety or tension or tightness in the chest and we start trying to let that go, you're opening your heart chakra. That's just the same, you know, it's just different words to say the same thing. What I've been trying to say recently is like, if you feel unbalanced in your life and you're, and you're putting out that chaotic energy, then that's what you're going to get back is what we were saying about that kind of idea of getting back what you, what you put out. But then I always think like, sometimes people think like, oh, it's, it's so hard to change or it's not possible or I just can't do it. But the natural state of things is balance. If you let it go, the natural state is going to find a balance there. So like, you know, spiral galaxies will spin planets go around the sun like all of that well newtonian that kind of type things balance. you know every action has yeah. got an equal and opposite reaction somewhere yeah yeah or keplerian maybe we'll what? be talking about spinning yeah right well i don't that know I, of... I know who he is he's the guy that used to hold his wee in right is that <laughs> i believe that is how he died yes because he couldn't use urinals or something or what the no, because he, the king was in the room, and you weren't allowed to leave when the king was in the room, or something weird. Oh, like that's that. weird. Okay. So he, um, so he had, he just held his weight. But I believe, because I've read the passage actually in the doctor's book, because you can find it, um, and and I believe it said he died of causes caused by holding his 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 weight. But the the fact that it could be a bladder burst was was very unlikely. I think I think. Some doctors say that it's more likely that you would actually wee yourself before the bladder would burst. Like it would come out, like you couldn't help it kind of thing. So I think what they were saying is more likely he got a bladder infection. And then obviously at that time it was before antibiotics. So I, we, they think that's what caused his, his death it was a bladder infection. From holding his weight. Don't hold because your weight. Because the, the biggest. king. What is this ridiculous <laughs> deferential sort There was of thing, something to do with like polit- polit- political acceptance of things and he wasn't allowed to be excused basically. Maybe if he, I don't know, grew a pair, he could have got, been excused, but maybe he just thought it wasn't important enough. I don't know. If he, if he grew a pair, he'd have to weigh even more, wouldn't he? I don't know. Is it? <laughs> oh, that like, technically, <laughs> what if it's, it's true or not, I don't know. But uh, <laughs> anyway... <laughs> thanks for do listening another everyone one, do another one. Oh, shit yeah, i just thanks. interrupted you there <laughs> stop interrupting me for god's sake okay sorry <laughs> thanks for listening everyone i hope you enjoyed our uh, our podcast this month obviously get in touch and reach out if you have any questions but also you know just reach out and tell us what you think about it go to our website social media Yada yada yada. See you next Tell your month. friends, tell your friends, tell your friends, share, subscribe, like, all the buttons that make yes. algorithms like us. Press all those buttons. <laughs> See you soon. <laughs>